Hello there. You have stumbled upon the Terribly Vexed podcast. The fellas have been expecting you. Please prepare to have your mind blown squarely out of your ass. Be sure to set your motherfucker to receive. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Terribly Vexed podcast with me, Justin Perlioni, and Josh. Josh Branson? Josh Branson. I was just going to say, how are you? Just to get the conversation going. Yeah. You know? Welcome got- back, everybody. Yep. It's, it's been a while. Episode 17. This is it. The big one seven. <laughs> we got a doozy. Almost today, done. Though. We're almost finished yeah. with this thing. Three more. This little project we've had of ours. <laughs> yeah. Unless, this is what I was thinking about doing last night. I was thinking we only had like one real review. If we don't get a review, one more, by the time episode 20 hits, I will kill myself. <laughs> what do you think? I think that seems fair. Yeah. Yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah. Positive or negative review, as long as there's a five-star rating involved. <laughs> but if there's not one, it's nice knowing you. Yeah. And if he doesn't do it, then I will. You will. Yeah. You will. One of us is going to do it if we don't get something, some yeah. feedback. That's that's. I think that seems fair. So how have you been? Uh, I've been all right. Yeah? Yeah. How you been, fella? I'm not well, and I'll tell you why. I think we all want to hear about it. I've been on this bandwagon for a while. You're a newcomer to it, especially this year. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Two words. Fuck summer. <laughs> right, right. What do you think? Past, uh, I don't know, maybe... Three to five years. You were saying that to me a lot longer than that. I didn't fully appreciate it. I nope. do now. Yeah. It's awful. Everything about it, especially like the past month here. What's it been in the 90s? I broke a sweat just walking from the car inside, <laughs> just coming inside here. We're yeah. talking, you know, 40, 50 feet. Yeah. It's bad, man. It's awful. And it's not only just the heat. It's it's, it's the, the sun that's beating down on you. Constantly. The bugs. Bugs. Which... Don't get me started on, but I work amongst them. I don't know why I have this job. I'm out in it, and I hate everything about it. And I go there every day. <sighs> That's a whole nother topic, though. Yeah. But I don't like summer. Summer. Fourth of July, in particular, I don't really love, especially this year, because it's hot. Holidays. Everybody wants to, oh, holidays just suck. I day. don't subscribe. Yeah. Horrible. As Christmas. a wise man once said, I don't subscribe to... Fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. Right. But right now I'm saying holidays. And any of them. Birthdays? Nope. I hate them too. Even my own. <laughs> you were so, your surprise for a second. Nope. Like, come on, holidays? Uh, like your birthday? No. Nope. Any holiday that focuses on a single person where gifts must be purchased and it, it's all, it's a attention like being, must be paid. I don't like being told yeah. I'm supposed to celebrate today. It sucks. Yeah. I would... Christmas would be okay. Everybody gets together, but if there's the the gifts that it need to be. It's expensive, it's stressful. I hate it. Yeah, there's a lot of stress, you know, and and just people really even appreciate or know why they're celebrating the Fourth of July now. I see a family in the grocery store yesterday. The whole family's wearing clothing that's got it's it's like the guy, the father's wearing American flag shorts, the woman's wearing American flag. Some sort of coverall type looking thing. The yeah. kids are all wearing 
I go out. I see a truck. The truck is covered in flags. I know which family is driving that truck. Uh, it's, it's quickly becoming the tackiest holiday. It's real tacky. Easter has always been. Easter and Halloween are both. Are, they're my like least favorite as far as the decoration. Easter probably. Easter is number one by far. But uh, yeah, it's. I don't know. I just. I don't like holidays, man. Going back to Fourth of July for a second. What are your thoughts on fireworks? I hate them. Me too. Unless I'm the one lighting them, and even that. The fun lasts for about 10 minutes. Gets on my nerves. Going to a show, going to a fireworks show, all these packing the car up. Firework uh, little tents they set up all over the place. Oh, yeah. If you're yeah. in the, I assume it's in the greater portion of most of the country, but if you're so. in the southeast, it's really it's, everywhere. It's big business. It's every, like, uh, I don't know, on a highway somewhere, mm-hmm. every eight to 10 miles. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a tent. It's a tent set up, and there's usually a camper. And they're, they're living there for the few weeks leading up to the 4th. All of this has nothing to do with conspiracy theory. We're just complaining right now. Yeah. I'm sorry I mean, about that. You know, it's topical. It's it's current. Yeah. It's current event. I think so. You know? It's what we're thinking so. about besides this stuff. We're not just thinking about history, parapolitics, conspiracy theory right. related material. I mean, I mostly am, but... Yeah. But speaking of conspiracy theory, we got a doozy. I hate fireworks. I hate the heat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not a big fan of people. Ticks. Humans. You said a tick problem when you pulled, pulled in here. Ticks. Ticks suck. Ticks. Lyme disease. Yep. You know. Don't get me started about lemon disease. The humidity is the thing, you know? When you're just standing in place and just pouring sweat. Yeah, it's awful. I, it's my least favorite. I don't think anybody enjoys it. In the southeast uh, region portion of the united states if you're down here if you're down south uh you're it's going to be this until about mid-november so god i hope not <laughs> it is i hope not. it normally doesn't really start like getting cooler until like yeah um, you know my birthday's november so probably around about early parts first couple of weeks of november it finally dips into the 40s 50s yeah and then you, even then then you only got like three weeks of that maybe and then it's <laughs> 18 degrees out yeah, yeah yeah sucks and then right back into summer yeah there's no spring and we're no. not even in the deep and, south so we're not even like you know yeah alabama and stuff like that mississippi down there where it's uh Remember my cousin lived in Alabama and he told me one time, he was like, You just look out the window and you start sweating. You just it's yeah. that it's so hot, so humid. Yeah. I went, think he was in Birmingham. Went down to Florida a couple weeks ago. I may have mentioned that in the last episode. Not sure. Either way, went down to Florida. Good Lord. You could walk out and it was just the area <laughs> was thick. It was like right on the beach, of course. So it was then my friend has the I'm following my friend along to go wherever we were going, he has the audacity to be driving around with his windows down, his arm hanging out the window. <laughs> He's used to it, I guess. Yeah, maybe. what are you doing? Is there something to this climate change, this global warming? I don't know what you're talking about. Never heard of it? Global warming? I haven't either. I yeah. know they changed the name several times to yeah. accommodate what's... Yeah. I don't know. I've heard so many different theories about that. Like, it's one, it's bullshit. Two, it's really happening. And then the middle, you got all these other theories. We're slowly still coming out of the Ice Age. Yeah. This is what the Earth is supposed to be, hotter than this even. Like weird 70s documentaries were always predicting we're going into an Ice Age. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that was all about. There was always, yeah. and you can find a lot of those on YouTube. 
it was old magazine articles and stuff like that. They were, yeah, you know, the coming ice age. I I don't see it right now, <laughs> unless there's supposed to be some sort of a s- real dramatic shift, a swing, you know, from yeah. this hot temperature think, to. That's why it's just climate change now. Yeah, nobody knows what's going on. I mean, and I guess like, like the the trends are there, like the environmental trends. Yeah, but then you got people. Then they're also saying nobody, the weather guys can't even predict the weather two days out. <laughs> so how are you supposed to predict the weather years out? You know what I'm saying? And like the whole carbon credit thing just seems like a scam. Like, oh, as long as you're buying these carbon credits, you as your corporation, you know, as you as you buy them, you can offset what's happening because you spend money. You know what I mean? It's like it seems a little scamish to me, right? But I will be honest with you. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Carbon credits, yeah, like you, businesses, yeah, you know, people that would uh, companies that would pollute, yeah. or you know, let's say you're a, a celebrity and you're promoting things that have to do with climate change. You can, and you're of course you're flying around a private jet all right, the time right. or something. Let's say you can offset what you're doing to the environment by purchasing carbon credits. You know, <laughs> you're you're doing your part to uh, so it allows you to travel by private jet. You know, and it allows you to be a company because that pollutes you and, put money into something because you spend money you, on okay a carbon credit. It's like it's so you could liken it to let's say a um, what is a gas guzzler tax in a car with a state? I guess that has those. Like if you buy a car that's got like a I V8 that gets like ten miles to the gallon right, or something. Right, right. You spend an extra three grand on the car because you're right. Okay. You're a polluter. So the money's theoretically going somewhere to offset your damage, but it's really it's just going into somebody's... Nonsense. Uh, yeah, I got you. Got you. I think that's how that works. I could be wrong. Okay, fair enough. I've been wrong before. And this is always the place you want to showcase your well, er- this, this error. Well, this isn't the actual meat of this episode. This is just like the... <laughs> we're just chit-chatting here. Nobody knows what's going on here. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But carbon credits, yeah, that's a, probably a scam. Yeah. That is a scam. I hear you. If you're a massive corporation and you just you that's your way of like, oh, we'll pollute every river it, near it, us, but it looks good. It, or on, on the globe, you know, and yeah. we'll, all the damage that we're doing to ecosystems and things like that. Yeah. Okay. But then when people start knocking on your door, you're buying your way out of it. Yeah, you just be like, "Well, look at this." Yeah, look at this piece of paper. Look how many carbon yeah. credits we've purchased. <laughs> yeah. Where does that money go? Does it actually go to anything that that's the you're paying a government? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, we're going to be talking eventually at some point about something called Project Montauk. We'll get there shortly. Again, we've got a few other things we'd like to discuss. Just yeah. so you know what the hell this episode is about. Minus looking at the title of the episode. <laughs> right. That's the whole podcast thing that these, list. these podcasts do. They, they tease the episode while they're talking, but you downloaded it. So you know what the hell they're going to be talking about. Or streamed it, I guess. Well, either way. You clicked on it. You're here. You're here. Yeah. Um, I had a great current event type segue to get into the Montauk Project. But do you have anything else you want to discuss? Uh, you know, you said uh, earlier that you had, um, before we started the show, that you had uh, been reading quite a few books recently. Have you, does that have anything to do with... Uh, Anything conspiracy theory or history related? Um, Other than what I, I research read, you were doing for this? I read the book that where the Montauk Project started, but uh, 
other than that, it's just been some some whodunits. Some, oh, some just sci-fi fiction. stuff. Fiction, yeah, fiction stuff. Fiction. Some Andy Weir. Project Hail Mary, which is a great book. I loved it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you fiction. About that one. Gotcha. Fiction, yeah, but I've just been plowing through books, you know. But nothing related to this. Except for that one. Except Experiments one. in time. Uh, uh, oh, God. The Montauk, Montauk Project. Project, Experiments in Experiments Time. Experiments in Time, yeah. By Preston B. Nichols. Yep, that's him. Um, Did you, by chance, get to look at that Montauk Revisited? Which was his, I guess, another book. No, published in '94. This one, came, that first one, came out in '92. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. It's kind of tough to. That's what we're doing here. That's the whole point of this. <laughs> it's, it's a tough for me. It was a tough read just because it kind of was just. Oh my! All right, and the way he wrote, it's like in first person, like he's telling his story about how it actually happened. It's like a journal. Down. It's like a journal yeah. entry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I started it, it but then I quickly. Uh, backed away and yeah. went to other podcasts yeah. that are probably going to be far more informative. Yeah, on the mo- oh yeah on on the project Montauk. Yeah, definitely. Then um, then the book, not <laughs> us, right? Not yeah, not this podcast. Yeah, 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 even yeah. though this we got all the facts. Essentially, is what this podcast is supposed to be about. But uh, so okay. Anyway, nothing nothing related to that. I have, and I mentioned this earlier. I think. I had done uh, Dave McGowan's book uh, recently, uh, Weird Scenes Inside the Canyon, which has to do with Laurel Canyon. Are you familiar with that? I know of Laurel Canyon. Real quick, uh, and I think I did on the, uh, promoted it on our Instagram page. Which you can I, get at tobyvex.com. Just a little quick, just yep. getting that out there. Just getting it out there. Uh, has to do with a lot of the uh, sort of strange... Uh, coincidences of things that took place inside Laurel Canyon, which is in Los Angeles, was kind of the music scene, the hippie music scene of the 1960s. All the strange connections to military intelligence, mm-hmm. right, which right. we all find interesting. Uh-huh. And uh, so it was really it's like a bunch of uh, rich kids that kind of went out there, a bunch of trust fund kids. But of course, they were promoting this whole like free love and hippie, you know, bullshit. Pretty much, you know, I guess you look at all of the research he did for that book and, uh, you know, his his thesis is that it was just a bunch of nonsense. It was controlled opposition, basically. I guess you had people protesting the war in Vietnam at the time. And, of course, you want to kind of control dissent. You know what I mean? Yeah. So where it began, I guess, in universities with some legitimacy uh these people were assuming intelligence agencies sort of took charge of that movement yeah. to protest the war which went on for what 15 years many years after uh, well it was still going on at that point but they sort of took it and you know moved the hippies in on it and uh, gotcha. gave it this sort of ridiculous right uh I guess what you'd say, some sort of a ridiculous just pile of nonsense. These people were just, you know, ah, these people are, they're not to be taken seriously. Yeah. Kind of drugs, the same way. Lots of drugs, rock and roll, you know, mm-hmm. free love, all this bullshit that they yeah. were. And so a lot of that came out of <laughs> Laurel Canyon. Yeah. So it's kind of, kind of like the, the UFO nuts, the government's, yeah, they're, yeah, believe them. Go ahead. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, to some degree. Yeah, that's a big thing is that they wanted these idiots to be saying aliens, but really it's just their, you know, classified aircraft up there. They don't want anybody to talk about, but yeah, go ahead, talk about aliens. Yeah, sure. it's like they would promote, yep. you know. Yep. But, you know, obviously these people were being promoted. They yep. controlled the music, they controlled the yep. information. Of course, uh, there was one guy in particular that I was going to start kind of reading up on, and I'm sure somebody's already read up on this guy because this all happened 40, 50 years ago. But, like, he was, like, one of the main LSD producers in that in that time period. And it's just, like, it's, it's weird that he was just allowed to sort of operate freely. I don't know that he ever actually got in any sort of real trouble. He, at one point, I guess, uh, moved to Australia, which, like, how do you, after so many years of being known as, like, you know, a, the the primary, like, you know, LSD producer of that era, yeah. just freely moved to Australia. I think he died in a single car crash, which, again, is always suspect when there's so many of those that have happened. Hmm. Anyway, finished that book recently, and it was just fascinating. Like, one of the weird ones that kind of pops out, top of my head right now I'm thinking about all these different and there's so many you can't you couldn't even begin he's unfortunately Dave McGowan's passed away he got some sort of uh, you know aggressive form of cancer passed away several years ago I think but he had done quite a few podcasts interviews so people can really check those out yeah where he talks about this stuff and uh but one of the ones that kind of pops out is uh Jim Morrison's dad who was like a uh, rear admiral in the Navy and one of the main people sort of associated with uh, the Gulf of Tonkin incident. Are you familiar with that? Uh, again, I know of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically, that was just like the incident that there was like there was a real incident and then there was this sort of fabricated, exaggerated mm-hmm. incident, yeah. and which is sort of you know attributed to being the incident that got us into the Vietnam War. Right. I.e., it was a bunch of bullshit. It was completely made up, like a false flag attack, right? False flag operation. Yeah. A false flag attack that happened in the Gulf of Tonkin. They fabricated it, made it up, and that's what got us in the war. That's Jim Morrison's dad, Jim Morrison of the Doors. And so what he Hmm. basically chronicles in his book are all these weird military connections, military intelligence connections, like Frank Zappa. His dad was like, I think he was a chemical warfare engineer. Hmm. Yeah, Frank, Frank Zappa. Yeah, and he was like Los Alamos and stuff like that. I think and um, other you know top secret you know high levels you know facilities for you know military facilities. Huh. And uh, also like their public personas were not who they actually were. Like Frank Zappa was kind of an asshole, you know, power hungry, sort of in control, and you know, all these people for whatever reason lived in or around or had lots of associations with other people that lived in Laurel Canyon in Los Angeles. There was also like a military intelligence base there. It just goes on and on. It's a fascinating book and I would, uh, you know, highly encourage people to check that one out. It's actually an audio book form on Audible. And of course you can locate it. In, I think there's actually a PDF copy on the um, internet archive. So you can actually read it for free. There you so. go. But it's fascinating. He just it's it's a it's an entire book full of that stuff. And what was it called again? Uh, weird scenes inside the canyon. 
I might have to check that one out. Yeah, he did another book too called uh, Programmed to Kill. It had to do with the serial killers, you know, the, the prevalence of serial killers in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, you know? Yeah. What the hell that was all about? Yeah. You know, was, yeah. There, was there some sort of program where some of these people were being, you know, MK altered and released into the into the public, you know? Are you saying like with hidden memories and hidden past that are activated later? You know. Kind of relating to... Project Montauk? What we're about to talk Is about. Is that the segue? No. No. Okay. <laughs> my segue was going to be dumber than that. Okay. I guess talk for a little bit and I'll try to work in my segue. You want to see if you can... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, what can I talk about now? Let I know what we can talk. Have you Amber seen? Heard. Amber Heard. I am absolutely this woman. <laughs> Did you watch any of the trial? Just like what I've seen on reels or like the clips. No, no real. I've seen. I saw the the weirdo psychiatrist or something. I think he's licking his. <laughs> <laughs> See right. that guy? Yeah. Right. Right. She's. Uh, of course, there's been lots of audio slip out. You know, and of course, yeah. they listened to some stuff in the trial. I have never, I haven't seen a single movie this woman has been in. I didn't know. I know she, after after the fact, I was like, you know, obviously knew they were married. Yeah. Never really even seen her face. Didn't know shit about her. Uh, she was in like what Magic Mike or something like that as like a cameo. Yeah, I don't know. I've only seen Pineapple Express. Aquaman. Yeah. Okay. I guess I did see that. Whatever. Aquaman. Aquaman Two. She was yeah. supposed to be in that. I guess. Uh, from what I've read, her part has been significantly reduced because of all this stuff. Yeah. Because obviously the trial, she was found guilty of defamation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Basically saying she she made up a bunch of shit. And of course, I listened to some of that audio. I got hooked. I kind of, I hate to admit it, but I got hooked <laughs> on this thing a little bit. You you were like, it was like the OJ trial for you. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of got hooked on a little bit. And uh, listen to some of the audio. She is crazy. She's completely insane. Allegedly. Allegedly. I don't want to get... Yep. De- Actually, I wouldn't mind getting a little defamation trial with her, too, if you know what I mean. Huh? <laughs> I hear you. She uh, fi- stumbles across this podcast and... You never know. She sues me. She might get a good book recommendation. Sues us. She, she likes those She's books. not just going to sue me. She'll sue us. That's fine. We take, have nothing to take. Take my $200. Take our microphones. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> our tall boys yeah uh anyway <laughs> so yeah, we got nothing she i watched this thing listened to some of the audio johnny depp you know they're just a couple of cokeheads poor girl she can't even like formulate an actual sentence most of the time she has she struggles formulating a sentence she's incoherent she's mean she's so mean the shit she says is just brutal yeah. And I am just, I just absolutely am in love with this gal. <laughs> you like him crazy. <laughs> Remember, you think it was you telling me about that clip where Johnny Depp was like going up to the stand and she like pressed up against the wall to get away from him? Like, well, yeah, he was, he just walked around his table. It was okay. in the courtroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she puts on this big show like she was terrified of him, right. you know, where she's like stumbles back to get away from him, yeah. like he was going to attack her like right even there. If, even if he was violent, he would do it right there in the courtroom in front of everybody. And he's a little diminutive sort of fella, yeah. you know. I think she's actually taller than he is. She's a, you know, he's not, and he's a very peaceful, artistic, very quiet. You know, obviously, you listen to those, um, 
audio clips and he's screaming and cussing and they're both cussing each other and they're mm-hmm. yelling at each other and saying awful shit. Yeah. Um, but I am just fascinated by this woman. Yeah. And I would marry her right now <laughs> if she walked in this and she asked me yeah. to. Well, Josh. She's insane. I would sign up real quick. I'd sign up for, like most people seem to have signed up for just a relatively short period of time. I think Johnny stayed in there the longest. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, three months. Give me three months with this gal just to go on that Amber Heard ride just for a little while. Yeah. And so it'll be Elon Musk, Johnny Depp, James Josh Franco, Branson. James Franco, jo- James Franco. I forgot, yeah. and all of her girlfriends. She had quite a few girlfriends. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, don't they all though? Yeah, yeah. You know, girls, isn't it weird? Girls can just do that. Just guys, you suck one dick, you're gay for life. <laughs> it's not fair. But she's she's you can't trust a fucking word that comes out of her mouth. She's just a, a liar. <laughs> Everything she says is a lie. It's oh. amazing. And she just is a horrible actress. I don't know how she has any sort of career doing anything. Uh, but just, I mean, I don't know if she's still up there right now, but she was in the Hamptons, you know, that whole thing. She's, oh, she's shopping in TJ Maxx. Well, you know, sure, people shop in TJ yeah. Maxx. Even uh, if she shouldn't be there. She shouldn't be there. Yeah. She's, a, she's rich. Not anymore. Apparently. From what I heard, I, I may have the figures wrong. I most likely do. I didn't really follow it that closely. Let's just say it was $13 million she had to give to Johnny Depp. And that was all she had, apparently. Some, that's what I heard somebody say on somewhere. I don't even know. But she had to give all of her money to Johnny Depp. Yeah, that's so, correct. Yeah. Something. Well, it would be, you know, whatever she had left. Whatever she right. had. Right, right. So, And then I also heard, read that she rented out this giant house. For the trial. For the trial. Like, and her family was 22000 a month or yeah, something. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. She's she's getting money from somewhere. Was she just trying to get that just spent just to... I have no idea. Yeah. But you also, you'd think Elon Musk. Well, she had a child via a surrogate. So people are kind of wondering where who the father of this... Uh, I didn't know that. And it's, if it's Elon, obviously, well, she don't have much to worry about. It's true. Financially that true. speaking. That is true. But also, you'd think you could make it work with a billionaire like that i think i would try extra hard yeah but you know if even if she was a maniac i'd be like okay okay. yeah but there's nothing there's nothing there she's an empty husk she has no soul oh it's her okay i got you yeah and uh like i was saying in the text the other day about like you know she's always like oh i read books yeah you know like she's got an intellect and she's you know she is a clown and I want her. <laughs> I'm fascinated by this psychopath. I don't know why. Yeah. Again, had never seen. I still haven't seen anything she's ever been in. I know nothing about whatever. Yeah. And I want it. But you'd marry her. Right now. Right now. Well, Josh, say hello to Amber. Come on in, Amber. <laughs> How great would that be? That'd be pretty great. Yeah. I'd put up with her shit. You think? I think she needs. Uh, I think she needs this. This is what I think she It'd needs. Be a, you'd be a a formidable adversary for her in the yelling department. I would imagine. I've seen you get mad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody posted on Twitter. She she did some sort of an uh, like an interview, like FHM or something, one of those men magazines oh, yeah, from years yeah. ago, Maxim stuff like that. Yeah. And that's what she was talking about in that interview. 
that uh, she was probably in her early 20s. She liked to fight. She needs somebody that she can fight with. Yeah. You know? There you go. And Johnny Depp's probably pretty chill. He's high as hell all the time. You know? I'd say so. Uh, psilocybin, you know? Yeah. Mushrooms. His his mega pints of his wine. mega he... pints of wine. That was a good moment. I'd see that. He's nope. always high. Yeah. And the poor gal, they you know they've done so much coke. She's done so much coke. She's so full of shit. I just I'm just I love her. <laughs> it's fascinating. Well, go out there and get her. And man. to watch to watch her lie and just make up shit. You can see it on her face. You know, as you're watching somebody and you're just like, she is lying. Every word she says is a total is nonsense. Yeah. She can't even. It's great. Well, Amber Heard, if you're listening to this, and we know that you are, Josh <laughs> is here waiting for you. Yeah. So come on down. She said she liked older men, too. I got a few years on her, so. How old is she? 38, I think. 36, 37? Somewhere huh. in there. Somewhere in there. Huh. How do you like that? Your age. My age. I got a couple years on her. Yeah. I could set her straight. I, I could fix her. <laughs> I could fix, fix her. Fix her right up. Fix her right up. So, what do you think she's doing these days? I have no idea. <laughs> she's being a mommy. If... She said that in her interview. Oh, God. Like I said, she had a surrogate. So, yeah. Uh, people are trying to figure out, who's, who's the daddy here? You know? Yeah. Some other gal, I guess, gave birth and uh, with her eggs or something like that and how that works. I think so. But I wonder if she's spending a lot of her time these days watching tv good question i don't know i don't know i'm just saying because with the recent release of the final two episodes of season four of stranger things oh right stranger uh, things you could be watching some tv right yeah. now yeah do you know where i'm going with this with yeah stranger i do things i think so okay it's that time this is my segue all right good because stranger maybe she's yeah oh, what no 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 go ahead <laughs> Because she is a Stranger Thing? Sure. Because Stranger Things was inspired by the goings-on and happenings at the Montauk Project base area. <laughs> Which is... Montauk, Long Island. Montauk, Long Island. Yeah. That's what, we're that's what we're talking about. Just down the road from the Hamptons, which is where she was last seen. Exactly. At the TJ Maxx and the grocery store. Amber Heard. Good Lord. What? I, I gotta say. This is out of character for me. What right? a great... Well, it is. Yeah, I was gonna say, good Lord, what a great segue by me. Perfect. Amber Heard, Hamptons, Montauk, Stranger Things, it's all coming together. Yep. It's time to transition <laughs> into yeah. the actual episode. I guess so. We've been yamming on... Yamming? If on you've made for, it this far. Yeah. 30 minutes or so, 31 minutes. We try and give the first 30 minutes to current events. Yeah. Maybe just let you guys and gals in to... I believe they call it a dirty 30. Right? <laughs> dirty 30, funny 20, lean 15. I didn't know that. Yeah. I think it's radio talk. Yeah, we want to let you in so you know a little bit about us. Yep. Right? Yep. yep we'll just yep. let you peek behind the curtain a little bit there. Yeah. Well... How do you want to? How do you want to get started with this Montauk project nonsense? Uh, I I don't know. I'm going to be a passenger on this uh, ride. All right. Well, I have the just like the the wiki 
if you were to type in what is the Montauk Project, I have the. the if you've the, never heard of it before, we're going to start right yep. there. And this Let's is start how, at the ground floor. I believe this is how every podcast starts about the yeah. Montauk Project because I've listened to quite a few yeah. of them. Yeah, but it, it really does just sum it up perfectly. So I'm going to go ahead and read it right now. Right. Uh, The Montauk Project is a conspiracy theory that alleges there was a series of U.S. government projects conducted, here we go, at Camp Hero or Montauk Air Force Base in Montauk, New York, for the purpose of developing psychological warfare techniques and exotic research, including time travel. But it is not limited to just time travel. There's a, a, what you will soon discover, it includes essentially every conspiracy theory you've ever heard in your entire life. If, if there's something you've heard or seen in a movie. In some way it's connected. It happened here in Long Island. And when you mentioned Stranger Things, do mm-hmm. people know that's where Stranger Things pulled a lot of its yep. stuff from, a lot from of the, Project Montauk? Yep. A lot of the, like the, you know, we're 11. Have you seen Stranger Things? Uh, no, I haven't. You should. It's a great show. I love it. But my sister has been trying to get me to watch it. I think you would dig it. Most of us had the well, 80s little 80s, throwback. Retro. Yeah, it's great. Vintage. In season three, Starcourt Mall. <laughs> it's good stuff. I tried to explain it to her, though, why I can't watch it and why I've tried and why it didn't hook me. It's because it's not real 80s. Anything from the 80s, of which there are still a lot I have not seen, Well, even shitty movies. Nothing new is going to be from the real 80s. I know that, but there's so much <laughs> from the 80s that I haven't seen. Oh, you just want to... Actual 80s movies. Right. Shitty actual 80s movies. Right. Real stuff. I just go to the source, not just people making it, remaking it, or attempting to, you know... I get it. I get what you're saying, but this is also just a great show. I know. I know. I know. What if Amber Heard said, I want to watch this with you? I'd want to have sex with her. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. That'll do it. <sighs> so what, what, what were we talking about before you having sex with Amber Heard? Stranger Things, the Duffer Brothers, I believe, they created this show. They wanted to call it, it was originally titled Montauk, based on the Montauk Project, but they didn't want to get Stranger Things tied in with the lore, the craziness that is... The Montauk Project. So it's they just pretty crazy. Yeah, they swap, you know, over to Stranger Things, just for the better, I think. Yeah, yeah. Make but it like, make it your own, right? Yeah, but like the whole eleven in the chair, her remote viewing, the monster, all that stuff. Which, by the way, and more is in the real quote real Montauk conspiracy. Yeah, and by the way, we're not even going to be able to come close no. in the next probably giving this, we'll say, an hour. Is what we normally do past our dirty yeah. thirty to uh, <laughs> yeah. to to go into everything that is involved with the Montauk project there's, or Project Montauk. There's way too much. There is no way. If you, uh, you we were just talking before we started recording. If you were to type in, I'm just going to throw one out real quick here. The fact that they were harvesting adrenochrome from children to give to the reptilians for their food. <laughs> you go to search for that, and you not only find that. Somehow it finds its way back to... And then there's links galore in that article to, you know, God knows what. Project Montauk. The Syrians, not the ones that live on Earth. The ones that are from the Sirius star system or whatever. It's craziness. Yeah. And uh, so did you give a time period as to kind of when this was taking place? The, uh, I think the 70s is when they converted... 
All of this shit happened in the 70s. The Camp Hero base was built in 1942. It was an Air Force base used for defense against, uh, you know, Europe. Eastern bullshit. defense. Yeah. Yeah. It's on the Eastern. Yeah. Yeah. Against the war. Against the war. Used in the war against the, you know, the bad boys. And, uh, right. A defensive the, position to, yeah. Yeah. And the base was converted into Montauk Air Force Base and they used for all these nefarious experiments. And it's supposed to have like this underground. See, this is where it gets. I've heard 12. Floors. I don't want to jump ahead here, but you know, we ha- I haven't mentioned. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to jump ahead. No, go ahead. No, I just, we're talking about where all this came from. Normally, real quick, if I can just, because there are, is so much uh, attached to the Project Montauk yep. conspiracy theory. It's important to note that this particular conspiracy came from essentially one person, mm-hmm. uh, Preston Nichols. Yep. And but the book that he wrote in the early '90s, or the book that came out in like '92, was also like co-written by that Al Bailick, Bailick, Bailick guy. They wrote the book together. So you have a conspiracy that came from essentially two people. Yeah. Everything about it came from two people, mostly one person. And you can yeah. still see like interviews and watch talks that Preston Nichols Preston, gave. Yeah. And he doesn't look crazy or Asperger at all. <laughs> in my opinion. I mean, he can, I mean when he talks, like I it's I don't even know what to make of it. I don't know what to make of some of his talks that he's given. Yeah, like whether or not to take him seriously, you mean? Either he's or... a, a genius an absolute brilliant mind, a genius, <laughs> or he's completely insane, just making shit up and pulling it out of his ass, or he's just a con man. So you say like he'd make a good author, <laughs> like a good fiction well, writer. Which, go ahead. I'm sorry. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Well, in that, in the book, like at the begin, the intro to the actual book, they he says he has no hard. Facts, which he, he breaks down facts, like hard facts. There's evidence included. This that this book is made up of soft facts. There are no, wasn't doc, there's the, no documentation to back his story up. So his you, book, you're paraphrasing, but that's actually what it says in there. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his and he says this book can be read as sci-fi or nonfiction. However, the whatever whatever is easiest for the reader to take in. See, that's a little frustrating. <laughs> yeah. So from the get-go, it's a little fishy. <laughs> a little bit. A yeah. little bit. Yeah. All right. Here's my story of what actually happened. Eh, you know. <laughs> actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's mostly bullshit. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I... Every time I looked into this thing, uh, trying to prepare for the... You can't really prepare for an episode on Project Montauk, I've discovered, because it's like... Uh, you start reading up on it, you'll find something new. And, uh, oh, that's attached to it as well. Yeah. It's like, I'm trying to think, There's are you familiar with SCP Foundation? It's like a creative writing sci-fi thing. It's SCP Secure, Contain, Protect. It's a bunch of short stories. And there's a whole little back lore behind it, but really you can just get on the internet. You can write a story based on, you just take a picture of a lamp, and then there's a whole story based on this lamp. The lamp's an evil thing. It controlled this. And they the, that, the SCP group 
contained this lamp. It's in section da-da-da of whatever their warehouse is. Anyways, they got a whole little back lore, and somebody can just add to it. And that's kind of what the Montauk Project is. It's like they got the main story by Preston Nichols. From him. And now people are just lumping in everything, creating a little short story, little thing, but that's lumped in as fact. Okay. You know what I mean? That's how I took it anyways. Well, see, and like... uh just being sort of an outsider to this thing and just really seeing it for the first time because until you brought it up, I didn't really know that much about it. Uh, I guess for obvious reasons, once I started reading into it, <laughs> it's right. just ridiculous. Yeah. Because, um, again, it's not really something that I would be... Uh, I can understand why people are fascinated by it. It's fun. Mystery, intrigue. Yeah. Um, but And I was going to bring this up just as good a time as any there's the documentary that you were talking about and there's the interviews with people yeah what's the name of the documentary again the montauk chronicles okay so there's that documentary there are many others i'm sure tv shows segments from other tv shows yeah other writings on it it feels like and i could be wrong but it feels like people have like you said latched on to this thing mm-hmm and are now just almost cultish like yeah like yeah. you know that one guy that had said he was one of the montauk boys which we'll talk about that here in a little bit yeah essentially just some of the uh unwilling participants of this of this thing that as it was going on yeah they have just decided to fabricate these stories preston nichols has passed away both the guys that were associated with the book have passed away and you can basically if you're of the right age just come out of the woodwork and say, I was one of these people was that was experimented on. Yeah. Uh, because the thing about it is all those memories are locked away until something triggers them. And then you remember everything about your past being there, being tortured. Yeah. So if you can just say, well, you know, yeah. something just woke me up one day yep. and I knew I remembered all of that had happened to me. I'd been abducted. Yeah. And for Preston Nichols, that thing was the movie... The Philadelphia Experiment in 1984. Have you ever seen that one? Speaking of 80s movies. So was he like supposed to be, like I said, I was going to be a sort of a passenger on this little episode. Was he conducting, I was under the impression that he was sort of conducting some of these experiments because supposedly, real quick though, before we uh, get off into this, uh, just a real quick little bio of Preston Nichols. I have no idea where I pulled this, uh, but I think it's off somebody's website. He it says he has degrees in parapsychology, psychology, and electrical engineering. Okay, it seems like the electric, electrical engineering it could be a real possibility, possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally. Parapsychology, psychology, a lot of these things are sort of up in the air. People does, they're not really sure if he actually has these degrees or not. Um, just a short, very similar to Bob Lazar. Right. This whole little iffy backstory. Yeah, Bob Lazar. He was supposed to have gone to what MIT or something like that. MIT. And he had no, but nobody knew him. Nobody knew him. His the records have been erased. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's the only part about his story that I hate because it really is not believable. Bob Lazar. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's one of those deals where it's like he stuck to his story for so many years. I want to believe that there's some there's some truth to it. But there's too many things to to make me question his legitimacy, uh, as far as yeah. who he says he is. You know, 
what he's done, where he worked, you know, I, it's there's too much there to question. Anyway, yeah. Same with Preston Nichols. But anyway, just a real quick, uh, a short bio here. Uh, he was born Long Island, New York, 1946. Received those degrees: parapsychology, psychology, electrical engineering. Graduate after graduating, he went into defense electronics, and wound up working at Brookhaven and AIL. In 1968, Preston's involvement with Montauk began. He got involved with the tail end of the stealth research at AIL. AIL. Preston was told that the research started right after the Philadelphia experiment. Now, this is just what I've pulled from a website. You know, don't know if any of this is accurate. Again, it's very difficult to research this thing. Uh, he actually read the final report of the Project Rainbow, which we know is the Philadelphia Experiment. The report named the Cameron Brothers as being the Navy li- liaisons in the experiment. Uh, they're working on interfacing a person's mind to the computer. Preston worked with that aforementioned Al Bilek. I've heard that pronounced Bilek. Bilek. Yeah, I don't, on yeah. the psychic aspects of the Montauk chair and the Montauk Boys program, Preston trained the Montauk Boys to be psi warriors. The Montauk chair used subtle quantum fields to read a person's thoughts. A psychic would lay in the chair, go into a trance, and a group of coils pick the... <laughs> the what? I don't know. A bank of radio receivers designed by Tesla would pick up and digitize the thought. I, I mean, but to read up on this guy, to, I mean, yeah. it just goes he goes way in, off the rails. Which I guess lends to the, quote, believability of his book. Because he said he's claiming he was the project director of a lot of these things. He started working with... So he was in charge. He was, he was in charge, but he forgot about it until... 1984. Why? How do you he, forget about well, it? Well, because the memories were buried in his subconscious. They didn't want him to remember it. And then they just released him. Right? Yeah. Makes sense. So, yeah, he was a project director, supposedly. Working on, he started working with mental telepaths. Psychic stuff like that. And he said he didn't, he said he, he didn't really believe it until he started working with it. And then... All of a sudden, he's starting to notice that these things are actually happening, and that these telepathic waves act very similar to radio waves, which we all know he was a big fan of. He loved his little ham radios and <laughs> all that stuff. If you watch any of his interviews, well, especially that one, or is in his house, yeah, it's just it's just full, full of electronic equipment, yeah, yeah. He had some sort of fixation on that stuff. Big time. Which isn't to say that he actually knew what he was doing with any of it. No. It was just a bunch of junk piled up in rooms. Yeah. Best I could tell. Yeah. 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 So I, did you hear about him? Like Once his, <laughs> his memories got triggered, he went back to the base. This is later on. I missed that one. After he was done, he went to the base just to try to you know get in there, see if, if it was any truth behind this. And there was a guard outside that said, no, you can't get in here. And he was like, oh, okay. And he went back to work. Right? And then, he, and then this is before he started working with the, with the psychics. And then he had these psychics all you know, doing their thing. And at a certain time, this is a couple years later, at a certain time of day, there was a certain frequency, certain megahertz, whatever, radio wave that would just blast out from somewhere on the island, Long Island. And his psychics got jammed. 
Yikes. Yeah, they've been jammed. <laughs> and he's he used his equipment to triangulate where this was coming from. Okay. Guess where it was coming from? Where? Old Camp Hero, which is now at this point the Montauk Air Force Base. They're, this big antenna on top was just blasting out some sort of frequency for I don't know why. <laughs> but he didn't either. And that and you know, and then so he tries to get in again. They're like, no, it's just for the FAA. The FAA's doing something. He's like, This this is baloney. This is not true. That frequency's not he knows all the frequencies, right? So he continues his work. A couple years later, again, his friend says, Hey, that base is uh empty. Right? Right. So guess what happens? <laughs> what happens now? They just walked into the empty base. They just go in. They just waltz in there. No guards, nothing. But there's all kinds of papers strewn about. There's documents. Like documents, leftover equipment, high voltage machines that you know he loves. <laughs> he starts yeah. breaking them down. Yep. So instead of just taking it, he, he makes he makes the proper phone calls to the this is a quote, the surplus disposal agency in Michigan. That's what he said in the book. And um, did he make that up, or is that? I don't know. I didn't look into that. Did we dig a little deeper? I did not fact check that one, but this is what was in his book: the surplus disposal agency in Michigan. And he talked to a lovely lady on the phone, and she said, uh, "Well, you should go talk to this guy." She gave him some dude's name. He didn't remember the name, right? Right. So uh, the guy says, "Hey, we should meet." So he goes to meet this guy. The guy hands him a piece of paper. You know, it's some sort of like little handwritten thing. It just says, uh, you go in there, take whatever you want. Whatever you want, you can just grab. And if anybody gives you any grief, just show them this piece of paper. And uh, he did. He did just that. Walked in, got all of his equipment he wanted, and, and that was that. Just just yeah. like that. Yep. So and this was he... after all the previous stuff, all the stories. Like this is, once the base is closed down, I'm just saying this is how the book started. Preston. This is how he's saying that, and he's starting to remember this stuff as, as the base. You know, he's like, but the Camp Hero was closed down in '68 or whatever the hell it was, right? <laughs> right. So for ten years, his base is running, doing God knows what, and then all of a sudden, it just shuts down, leaving all kinds of stuff behind. And that's not how the military leaves bases behind. He says in his book. You with me so far? Yeah, yeah, Why yeah. Why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> Sound like you don't believe this story. It's wonderful. Yeah. It is wonderful. Yeah. So he knows the base was open when it shouldn't have been broadcasting this radio frequency. Right? And he there's it's a little 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 quote in his book also. Uh it certainly raises an important question even if one doesn't believe. And here's the question. Why was an old antiquated defense system turned on and utilized for over a period of 10 years, Josh? It's <laughs> a good question. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, and then you'll, you can, Camp Hero also, I should say, it's open to this day. You can go there and walk around it. Like it's a, uh, yeah, and the documentary national. people, they would kind of walk in a couple of places, right? You yeah. can, uh, not really like break in. You just kind of walk in. Yeah, it's like a park, some kind of not, not national park. It's some kind of a thing. I, I don't know. I can't. Yeah, it's think like a wildlife works. preserve out there. Preserve, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you can waltz around there and 
waltz waltz around (laughs) so you know it just seems so fantastical doesn't it just Yeah. yeah and then i mean so supposedly there's 12 floors to this base 12 floors on an uh, on what an is island. essentially an island. Yeah. It is an island. Yeah. Yeah. And it's within spitting distance of the ocean right there. It's right right there. It's right there. Yeah. Montauk's a lovely fishing area. Yeah. I hear. And 12 uh, stories deep. Deep. And each <laughs> one is like a different, from what I heard on some other part, each, like one level is the alien level. The other level is teleportation. The next down one down is time travel. Well, we do know that the military does have underground bases. That's true. Not right on the coast, normally. Right. right. That's not the best place to go digging into the earth. Yeah. And then they did say, somebody that was debunking this said, I believe it was called SIL, which is what they said. I should have wrote this down, but impossible to build a 12-level. This kind of base. Yeah. It would have to be like such a... Inland. Well, not you know, if they wanted to do it there, it would have to, it would be such a major construction. Yeah, like the community would have noticed it. Wouldn't you can just use a base and just build like inside the building. You can just start digging inside. You know what I mean? It would be like you have to build the building and then bury it, kind of a thing, which they obviously didn't do because nobody. So just the yeah. the logistics of this uh, yeah. conspiracy of uh, Preston's is just from the get go. But I mean, if they can do all all these other fantastical things, surely they can build an underground base 12 stories deep into the... Maybe you get in Camp Hero, and then they teleport you to the real base underground somewhere. Well, didn't he say that? Didn't one of them... Was that the Al guy that said something about, you know, initially he was living near the base, and he was working in the base? One of those guys, he was either Preston or that Al guy... And then he moved to, like, California, and to go to work, he would be teleported... See, I didn't hear this at all. <laughs> I thought I saw that. No. It was about, I think it was the Al guy. Wow, but that—I mean—that makes perfect sense. It fits right in with everything else. I mean, if you're if you're if that technology is at your disposal, I mean, if why you got you... it, use it. <laughs> if you could live yeah. anywhere, I mean, I guess they they nailed that teleportation down with the Philadelphia experiment, right? That was that was kind of I guess where the, which it, the Philadelphia experiment the movie is based on the the again quote real experiment that took place right which also it's important to know that came from one person the philadelphia experiment right that, i don't know that all came from one guy who was known as a trickster and we're still talking about it as if it were was the eldridge right the uss eldridge uss eldridge october 28th 1943 is when that took place yeah i do have that by the way okay. after the time after time travel was perfected i'm reading here from some information on good old al who was the uh, co-author of this book, he would uh, simply be teleported to the underground base and return back to his apartment. (laughs) During the 1970s, Al was the program director for the psychics who manned the Montauk chair, also known as Cerebro from the X-Men, which would amplify your psychic ability. Yeah. It's exactly what... just took from X-Men, which came around in the 1960s, I guess, when they were... Yeah. It's that same, the same chair that Eleven is sitting in, in Stranger Things, right? The little helmet, the wire helmet thing on. So there's been there's been quite a few um, pop culture things pulled from uh, Project oh, yeah. Montauk. Yeah, Stranger Things is just one of them. Probably the most notable. 
as far as I know. Of course, there was a movie. was the Philadelphia Experiment. Yeah. Which, if you're not familiar with that, you know, this was a ship that was supposedly, I guess, sort of outfitted with these... Uh, some sort of electronic 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 what, generators of some kind. It what, was supposed to create some sort of what invisible. I'll tell you. Field, right? According to Preston Nichols. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> they were What's trying Preston to do? say about it? What they were trying to do on the USS Eldridge, which is in a shipyard in Philly, Philadelphia. They were trying to create. They were trying to make it invisible to radar, right? So they just experiment electromagnetation. That's a word I just made up. They want. They wanted to create, and this is a quote from Preston, an electromagnetic bottle around it to make it invisible to radar. Right? Makes sense, I guess. Why not try? Yep. But what happened instead? Once they fired these puppies up, uh, the ship instantly disappeared and reappeared four hundred miles away near Norfolk, Norfolk, Virginia. Right. Okay. Yep. Which apparently what he was saying is that it breached time and space and it went into another dimension, which is why the crew was all freaked out. They they had no reference points. You know, they were just in some other place. They didn't know where the hell they were. Right? So they get the Norfolk they bleep, they pop back over to Philadelphia and at this point, when they walk in that ship there are people fused into the walls. Yeah, there's old 70s documentaries that I think that uh, talk about the Philadelphia Project. They were. It was bad. Yeah. Very, very bad. And, of course, they had, like, I guess, weird cancers and stuff, and they slowly mm-hmm. started dying off as the years went on, and some of them died immediately. And Yep. And that Al Bielik, he is one of the few claimed survivors of that experiment. From himself. He says that. Yeah. He is claiming that. So, yeah. Then there are no, there, you know, there there are no official records of it of it ever actually happening, of course. But there was one merchant vessel that claimed to witness the disappearance and reappearance of the ship. It was the SS Andrew Furuseth. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's really it. But uh, I guess. Yeah, a lot of the surviving crew was they were all discharged as mentally unfit, so nobody would believe what the hell they were saying about disappearing ships. Anybody else ever come forward and talk about that? No, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> Just this couple of guys, huh? Yep, yep, yep. Seems like this Al may have picked it up from that other guy that came up with the original story of the Philadelphia experiment. Maybe, maybe they just kind of. I can't remember his name right now. I didn't include it in my notes. But I know it's I know. on the wiki page. Mm-hmm. Not that that he's the your... guy that's in that documentary too. Uh no, he's. It's been a long time ago. This oh, would have been okay. a long time ago. But um, not that you should use Wikipedia as your sole source of information. Just let that be your first. You know, it's a good place to start with anything. I think. Yeah, it's just yeah. start there. Get your sort of ballpark of what you're looking at, and you know, yeah. anyway. Yeah. But um, and what we're talking about the Philadelphia experiment. Can I just really quick touch on the movie? Yep. I watched the trailer for it. It looks great. Came it out is. in 1984. It's awesome. And you've seen it. Of course. You know who it stars? Nancy Allen. Yeah. You familiar with her? Uh-huh. She's best known as Officer... 
in RoboCop, right? Ann Lewis in sure. RoboCop. She yeah. watched Poor Murphy, and I wrote these down in my notes. I forgot. This is what I laughed about earlier that I forgot about writing. She watched as Poor Murphy gets blown all to hell by Red Foreman, <laughs> the dad in that 70s, 70s show. 70s show. Played an awesome bad guy. Kurtwood Smith. Oh, God. He was great. What a movie. That first scene where Murphy gets all shot and his hand blown off. It's brutal. It's terrifying. It scared the shit out of me it's, when I was a kid. It holds up today as being a very brutal. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. And that was the, the version at him. most people saw was would have been the R version, the the ver, the unrated version, which is what you can, you know, I think you can get like the uh, Criterion Collection. Yeah. DVD or is Blu-ray. It it's even worse. Really? It's a little bit worse. You can probably watch it on YouTube now or whatever, but Damn. It's even more brutal. I don't like cops. Cops on the hand. And cops don't like me. Yeah, he's a good asshole. Even as like just a mean dad, but he's kind of not really in that you know what I mean? That 70s show. He's a great asshole. Yeah. He didn't really play that that bad a guy ever again, I don't think. You know? In any movie. Yeah. I don't know. Bitches leave. (laughs) Forgot about that. Yep. Bitches leave. I showed that to uh, our buddy Steven there one time, and uh, he'd never seen the movie before. Yeah. And when that part happened, the bitches leave, I've never seen a man laugh <laughs> so hard in his entire life. It's good. It's just so absurd, especially in this day and age, it's an absurd thing to even think about saying. Yeah, yeah. But even then, it was, you know. But they left quick. <laughs> right. Yeah. The Coke party was over. Yep. Then that guy melting. Remember that? He gets splattered by the Toxic car. waste. Yeah. He, yeah. Ah, what a movie. If you haven't seen RoboCop, 1987? Seven, I think, yeah. And you may want to, yeah, check yeah. that one out. We're 87. I'm getting way off topic here. Anyway. Very much. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, so like, uh, that's just real quick. We've talked about a few of these things. We've just sort of mentioned them. There's a lot of other things that are sort of associated with the Project Montauk. I just want to list a couple of those. Uh, what is this Nikola Tesla uh, connection? Yeah, he was the, he designed a lot of it supposedly, from what I've I read. Whose death was faked in a conspiracy was the chief director of operations at the base. Tesla. <laughs> this is what my See, I didn't. I just read that he designed the chair and like a lot of the, of course, the electronics. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, some other things: mass psychological experiments, such as the use of enormous subliminal messages projects, and the creation of the Men in Black uh, to confuse and frighten the public. That that came Fuck. from there. See, I didn't know that Men in Black. Men in Black is attached to this. Yes. Well, if you're talking aliens and that's true, I guess other yeah. beings, then yeah. you'd have to create this uh, supposed uh, agency yeah. to deal with that. Um, huh. the, fil- the facility was expanded to as many as 12 levels. So we're talking about several hundred workers, some reports of the fac- facility extending under the town of Montauk itself and interconnected with vast uh, tunnel networks to other deep underground military bases, also known as D1 bases. So... Huh. Did you hear about that? No. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I told you, like, every time I looked at this thing, I'd get into one thing and it would just... It quickly spirals. Out into, of control. Yeah. And then I would just, like, go away. <laughs> i yeah. just go away. You start, like, it's too much at some point. Like, it's just, you know, 
But does like, all of all this right. come from Preston Nichols himself? No, that's what I'm saying. I think it's people contributing their their fan fiction, I guess, to it. Yeah, and making it more than it actually was. Yeah, I think so. I mean, to say that there were experiments on people, which by this point uh, we've kind of discussed before, not during the episode, but previously, as we were just talking about this thing. Okay, so you've got like the real life MK Ultra program. Mm-hmm. You've got Sidney Gottlieb, you've got doctors that were working on people, Jolly West out in San Francisco. You had actual experiments taking place on people using LSD, using all of these methods that they could never use legally on people. Yeah. These programs were taking place. And of course, the church committee hearings had happened already at this point. Long, you know, this was like the mid-70s when that happened. All of this stuff was known now. This stuff was sort of leaking out and becoming, um, people were becoming aware of it. Like I think even at the church committee, they knew, they learned about the NSA, right? Yeah. Up to that point, the American populace had no idea that the NSA even existed, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the CIA existed, but they didn't fully know what they did. Right. Right? Right. So it became more clear of what they were doing and how illegal all of this shit was that they were doing, right? Yeah. So this Preston guy maybe took some of that information, most of that information, and just started embellishing upon it and, you know. I believe so. It's not uncommon. We've got this Philadelphia experiment essentially coming from one guy. It's not uncommon for people to uh, create these conspiracies and then them sort of catch on. Yeah. And uh, we're, like I said, we're still talking about them today. So, but there were a lot of real things that happened. Um, operation, like, you know, I, I'd listen just a few as examples Paperclip, which was the top secret program. You know, people didn't learn about this stuff until decades later. So that, the, that was the Nazis bringing them over? Yeah, that was the, the yeah. rat lines, you know, getting the Nazis out. Operation yeah. Midnight Climax, which was sort of a part of the MK Ultra program. They were using prostitutes, get these Johns in there, and then they were dosing them with LSD and then watching them, recording them, documenting what was going on with them. Yep. Operation Northwoods, COINTELPRO, Operation uh, Dropkick, you know, weird operations that have been done by the intelligence communities and by various agencies yeah uh you know another big one we're talking about experimenting on people is the tuskegee syphilis experiments same with the guatemala syphilis experiments so you know if nothing else that would lend some credibility to his project montauk because there have been plenty of top secret experiments on people right yeah weird wild stuff going down <laughs> right. that they do but this is like the you know the apex of all of yeah. these things yeah which includes everything yeah it's a, just speaking of the nazis and just pumping out another little fact for you uh apparently the base when they read they repurposed the old camp hero into the montauk project base um in 1944 a an american train Went through a, f- you all right? You scared me. Went through a French tunnel. This is over in France during, you know, right, right around war, you know, war, war days, uh, carrying ten billion dollars worth of Nazi gold, and the train blew up. 
Guess where the gold was found? Never was. Because it was used to make this base. <laughs> so it was funded by Nazi gold. Nice. And actually, nice. fun fact for you, uh, this is according to Preston Nichols in his book, uh, General Patton actually looked into this. Like, Why the hell was an American train attacked in an allied country? France. Um, and he was told to, don't. he just pretty much said, don't worry about it. General Patton, don't. It's fine. <laughs> don't worry about it. He was just said to stop. Stop asking stop, questions. Yeah, come on, General. Man. Yeah. So that's just, you know another little fun fact for you. General Patton was told to shut up. Just shut up and just keep on. <laughs> yeah, general and somewhere else. This is from the book. Yeah. This yeah. was in. I'm so glad I didn't book. waste a second. I and I tried. I tried. I looked through the chapters, and I was like, okay, I'm going to pick a couple here and just kind of go with it and see. Yeah. And uh, God. It's, it, there's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, what, what, what else can you say? I mean, yeah, I just I had listed out and gone through a few of these. Um, I mean, it's, it's everything and, and more. Contact was made with alien extraterrestrials through the time tunnel and advanced kinds of... <laughs> Etheric technology was exchanged with them, which enhanced the Montauk project. This allowed broader access to hyperspace. Stuart Swordlow, that name ever show up in any of your research? Yep. Also developed the language of hyperspace. In quote. What the hell is the language of hyperspace? I don't know. But one thing that Preston did <laughs> nail in his books. He got something right. No, well, sort of it was it's very technical sounding. Right? Like a lot He's of real stuff. good at that. Yeah, like he's saying. Well, I don't know if I would say real good, but he talks. He talks like he knows what the hell he's talking about. Yeah, with yeah. A, with a certain sort of authority. He he sort of projects. Yeah, it sounds like gibberish, but it's you know. Yeah, like this one. He say this is about the Montauk chair, for example. He says it's a mind reading machine that was developed. Da, da, da. It was a chair with th- with coil with three. I'm sorry, three coil sensors, three receivers, six channels, and a Cray one supercomputer. That would display what's on a person's mind. What is the Cray One supercomputer? I don't know. That's the thing. If nobody's ever seen or heard, if you're just putting words together, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I like to do when somebody says, "Yeah, my car is messed up." But it's probably the girder on the Semtech guard <laughs> around around the bridge coil. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it sounds yeah. like to me. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. what it sounds you just like. Make up, you just string some words together, and you know what? Uh, maybe we can just throw in a little bit of that, what we're talking about right now. We'll give you an example of some of his talks, so you don't even have to go searching for gotcha. it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I'll find a clip, and I'll include that right now. Let's say you had a, a pickup that was capable of also picking up the etherics, which, as it turns out, most of the pickups do. Coming out of the pickup, you have the etheric which is a catch-all term for everything, or a scalar, whatever you want to call it, and the electrical representation of the compression sound waves. Now, on the normal recording, this etheric is all distorted. It's all phase, different frequencies, different phases. Let's say you had a device that could pick up this etheric signal, rephase, rephase it, bring it back in, so now it's aligned as it originally was. What you would have then is going out of your recording system, you would have basically this line. Now, just as the microphone picks up the etheric function because the coil is moving and as it accelerates and decelerates, it generates uh, spikes and such of etheric, 
Your speaker does the same thing as your coils moving in and out with the correlated audio signal. You only need about 30 or 20 percent correlation to get it. You'll also get the same etheric energy coming out of the speaker. Of course, if you have an amplifier system that responds to all these things, such as the vacuum tube system, it helps. But yeah, it just seems like people have sort of latched onto it and made it their own because like you're talking about, I don't think we've mentioned the Montauk boys yet. Do you want to mention what those are? I think you looked into that more than me. I, I mean, I know the gist I of it. I didn't. I didn't look well, into it. It's well, A lot of what happened there took place with children. Experiments on children, right? Yeah, that they say... And oh, homeless people, right? Right, right. Children and homeless people, they would break them down. They would they would terrify them so much to separate themselves from their subconscious. So when they finally get down to the subconscious, this is where the memories could be, or the instructions, I'm sorry, could be planted, right? And then they're kind of rehabbed back. Those memories forgotten later on, once they're released into the public, they can be activated to complete whatever mission they need to complete. <laughs> yeah, or they were scared to death to harvest the adrenochrome for alien food. <laughs> One of those two things was happening. But I did see that they... A Manchurian candidate sort of thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But they, they were claimed to be over 100,000 people kidnapped and used in these experiments. Really? Yeah. Over 100,000. So... So we should be seeing lots of these people eventually. Yeah, but a lot of them are homeless and children. People, the two people They're nobody now. cares about. Yeah. Yeah. So then, like, did you go, did you hear about Duncan Cameron? Did that name ever come up in your thing? Because Preston was saying Duncan Cameron was like his. He was like his eleven. He's like his number one dude was Duncan Cameron. He was always hooked up to the machines. He was always the one going into the other dimension. He was the one that could always. But every once in a while, he would need a little break. He was a superstar. Yeah, Duncan Cameron. So, Montauk superstar. Yeah, so a lot of the technology, you brought up the alien contact in hyperspace. Right? Right, right. Um, there were two species of aliens that uh, <sighs> they, they contacted, right? Well, first group was the Syrians that I mentioned earlier from the Sirius star cluster or whatever the hell it was, they helped him get into the, uh, not the time warping. Time warping was the Orions. I'm sorry, I got my notes <laughs> mixed up here. From the Orion Nebula or constellation, the Orions gave them the um, the Orion Delta T antenna that allowed them to time warp. Yeah, and then the I Syrians. Love I love it so much. The, oh, the Syrians. I'm sorry. The Syrians gave them from the star system known as Sirius. They gave them the 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 basic design for the Montauk chair, and then they worked it out from there. Oh, so they gave the basic design Preston to the humans. Figured it out. <laughs> yeah, Preston and his team. They 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 took it over from there, and uh, they completed the Montauk chair. Nice, good work, guys. Yep. <laughs> Very similar to um, The Men Who Stare at Goats. You ever see that movie? George Clooney. That had to do with... Ewan uh, McGregor. Because they, they did do like experiments on... They did. The psychic phenomenon yeah. to see if there was... Right, right. See, that was part of real thing right. that went on too right. in this years is, past. This is just taking it way deeper. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, they did the 
God. How it literally includes every conspiracy that we almost have today. You know, it's. Um, yeah. It, 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 I don't know. It's easy to see why people would be sort of like fixated on the Montauk project and all that it's, you know, involved with this thing and want to make it their own mm-hmm. and include themselves in it. Uh, as expansive as it, it almost kind of reminds me like, you know, I, I I think I mentioned earlier that it's sort of cultish. Oh, yeah. But it's like uh, the QAnon thing, you know, where people have like, oh, it's just a guy doing drops, a Q drop. You have no idea where this information's coming from, who's sending it, but people have latched onto it. You know, like that whole January 6th thing, I guess, was what, you know, the... I don't know what you're talking about. Right, the the insurrection, you know, which was just uh, very clearly just an operation for dummies. People fell into that crap. Just to sidetrack for a second, I was watching clips of that the other day because there was, I guess, something new going on. I don't know. A trial or something? Some kind of thing. Not a trial. It's like hearings or something? January 6th hearings? Who knows? I don't really care, to be honest with you. I don't either. But... It's nonsense. You watch these other countries where... If they would to do that, there would be gunfire and destruction. This these guys they took a podium, they sat in somebody's chair and took a picture of it. They look like assholes. They look like idiots. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. There well, was no other than I guess they proved a point. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I guess I'm not I am an idiot, I guess, when it comes to that stuff. But Yeah, I mean if you're clearly it was most people I think would it was an operation, okay, to make people that are, I guess, dummies believe this thing and think, I don't know, today we're taking back the country. Today's the day. Yeah. What good did that You really? were suckered. You were suckered into an operation. And essentially, you're probably going to be, I guess people are going to have prison sentences and stuff from it. Yeah. People have been arrested. They're still in prison or jail. No. They're locked up. They have been arrested. Yeah. I guess they're just awaiting trial. You fell for an operation. This is happening all the time. And it was done, I guess, all this, uh, you know, via Q. This is where a lot of this started. It was also done during the height of COVID when everybody had a mask on and yet their masks were off in the building for whatever reason. That's the, If any time to wear a mask, wouldn't it be then? Yeah, but, it, you know. Classic joke. <laughs> Did you hear all those jokes when it was happening? Like, that was the big... I guess I missed those. That was the big thing. Why take your mask off then? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I don't know. Something to think about. How did we get talking about that? I have no idea. Oh, just because I likened it to the Q thing, this oh, whole yeah, Project yeah, yeah, Montauk, yeah, people right. sort of latching onto it and, yeah. uh, you know, just sort of making it something. Yeah. And when there really yeah. was nothing, you've made yeah. it into something now because, you know. Yeah. Because wasn't some sort of portion of like the Q thing, like, I don't know, Trump is working with some sort of generals uh, behind the scenes to stop the global pedophilic ball of elites? Well, Josh, believe it or not, I'm going to level with you. I don't know anything about QAnon. I know, I know of it. You know it's a thing. I know it's a thing. I couldn't tell you... As you said, if you were, if I had a gun to my head, tell me all about QAnon. I'd be like, "Tell me about it." Pull the trigger. 
Gotcha. Because you just told me all I knew. Yeah, I think that's essentially what's going on with it. Uh, you know, not gonna not gonna claim that I know know much, but I just it, it appears as if people were sort of duped. You know, no. obviously there were a lot of federal agents in those groups of people, sort of uh, you know, getting them to do things and push them further, probably than they would have actually gone. But uh, it looks like it was just an operation for dummies, and you fell for it. You're not just going to waltz into the Capitol and not get arrested, you know. And obviously, you're carrying your phone on you, so. The tracking device. Yeah. It's amazing. I know. If you're going to do something like that, you know. Yep. If you'd covered your face it's, and not taken your phone I'm with saying. you. Exactly. It was, it was dumbly done. Yeah. But, you know. If uh, it really quick, I guess we should we should probably get getting this over. I got one more ex- experiment they did, and then we can wrap this up perhaps. So we've been we've been talking bullshit for almost an hour and a half. A heck of a lot more than we've actually been talking about Project Montauk. <laughs> yeah. Did you just real quick, real quick, just to to put a put a an end to this Project Montauk talk? Did you hear about their microwave oven experiments? I didn't hear that's about what, them. What, I didn't read about them. That's what Preston called it, the microwave oven experiments. And this this series of experiments lasts for about three or four years, we said. And they could beam radio waves of a certain frequency, usually 425 to 450 megahertz, and they could control your thoughts. Like, maybe not your thought. your moods is a better way to say that, your moods. And then they later on learned how to put somebody in a chair... Montauk chair. Usually that person was Duncan Cameron. And uh, he could focus in on a single person and make them laugh, cry, you know, sleep, become agitated. <laughs> now, does this remind you of any of your your experiments or any of your military MK Ultra type experiments? I'm literally, this isn't a segue. I literally just want to know because that sounds somewhat believable other than the guy in a chair focusing it. But I've heard of like sound, like DARPA doing the sound waves to like make people have panic attacks, and like that's a way crowd control. Ah, uh, certain frequencies yeah. are unsettling, I guess. Yeah. To the yeah, right off the top of my head, nothing that I can really think of sort of sounds okay. similar to that. But yeah, well, fair enough. I'm not the most uh, knowledgeable. Yeah, the most learned. Yeah, yeah. And to put a real end to Montauk. The rift in time and space, the portal to another dimension. To everybody who's seen Stranger Things, just imagine that. It really was that. A hole that they opened up into another dimension. The monster came through. Did you read about that? The Montauk monster? Not the fake one that turned out to be a rotting raccoon. <laughs> That's one of those little cryptid things. If you, if you Google Montauk monster, you'll see just this thing on the beach. It looks like some kind of a weird creature, but turns out, supposedly, it was just a raccoon in the... You know, in decomposition stage. But people were saying it was on Montauk. It's a monster leaked through into, you know. Our dimension. Our dimension, yeah. But really what uh, what happened at the actual Montauk base, Josh, was a monster came through from the other dimension and, like, started tearing the base all to shit. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, dude. And, you know, it was just like, it took. It was all they could do. <laughs> We're looking at it right I just, now. I just Sorry. pulled up the picture of the Montauk monster. Oh my gosh! Yeah, but uh, it was all they could do to get this creature killed. 
they finally did it, and it happened suddenly. It tore the base all the hell. Interdimensional. So. Interdimensional, much like the uh, the mind flare, I would imagine, in Stranger Things, perhaps any other, the Demogorgon, but larger. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it destroyed the base, and that is what caused them to shut down the Montauk project. That was the end right there, huh? And because the base was so destroyed, and then they just, it was such a huge scene. So they were like, all right. And then, and then Preston walks in to disarray, papers everywhere, machinery left behind, but no monster. Thank God. They, thank God. Thank God. The Air Force <laughs> saved the day on that one. So did they kill it or send it back from whence it came? Uh, to- I'm not sure. I read it was destroyed, but I'm sure there was some heroic little girl that used her powers to send it back to the upside down. Good. Yeah. And I guess that about wraps up all we have to talk about about the Montauk Project. But all those notes you had, and that's all you got. Yeah, all you want to share. I mean, you know, if you want, this was the this this Project Montauk. This is the biggest load of horseshit I've ever seen in my life. No, that's one way to think about it. I like to be prepared for any future threat, and an interdimensional monster just in case is a good one. Yeah, just in case. But the book didn't tell me how to defeat it, if it happens. All I do know is that Hopper said it was afraid of fire, the Demogorgon. So Good. he used fire for anything from another dimension. You didn't just make that up, Demogorgon? That's actual? That's Demogorgon, yeah, that's the thing from Stranger Things. Ah, okay, see, yeah. I haven't seen it yet, so no. Yeah, yeah. You'll know. If I ever... And uh, when you watch it, you'll remember this conversation, you'll be like, <laughs> you'll do that. You'll laugh, <laughs> have a smile, and go, <laughs> to yourself. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Now I'm never going to watch... You should. It's fantastic. Stranger Things. It's a fantastic show. I've heard good things about it. Yeah. If if anything, just do season three. Even that is great. Perfect season of a show for me. I loved it. Everything about it. Well? I think those kids on that show are little assholes. You haven't seen it? I mean, in real life. I've seen like... They act like little pricks. So uh, I don't, I don't I like don't, them. I don't know. I will say, I was a little behind couple months ago and this new season four just came out and i was like i was behind on that and everybody was talking about it at work so i turned it on and i like just to make a joke because they're younger folk right but i heard you know that what's her name uh, 11 i can't remember her name right now she just turned 18 so i was like oh made this i'm gonna make this i'm gonna make this funny joke you ready Hey, I, I started watching the new season of stranger things and everybody is so beautiful in that show i'd have sex with every woman even some of the men Right, it's a little, just a little work joke, work humor. Right, and uh, which this, to be fair, the show is filled with just beautiful people. Everybody in it's gorgeous. Winona Ryder, <laughs> she's looking great for fifty four, whatever the hell she is. But <laughs> turns out I was watching season three, where they're still in, you know, they're still all underage, and yeah, it was it was, it was funny. I got made fun of a little bit. It was great. It was a great time. I wish so, I'd been there for that. Pedophilia humor. <laughs> right. Yeah. People really enjoy that. Yep. All right. All right, then. On that note, we're going to end it here. All right. Project um, Montauk. Load of horseshit. Project Montauk. Done. Done. Cross it off the list. Uh, so I guess the usual. <laughs> Cross it off the list. Yeah, we're done with it. Uh, unless anything new comes up. Right, which we'll, I'm sure there will be. We will bring it up. 
That's it, right? I think so. All right. As usual, go to uh, iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. Leave a great review. Fally McSnaps, you still haven't gotten your book. So it's still up for grabs. Which I was listening to a radio show. They were talking about bullshit like Montauk Project. I forgot what they were talking about, but this guy called in. They were talking about the UFOs, the UAPs. Sorry. And this guy called in, said to one of the hosts, he's like, you need, you, you need to check in. You need to read this book. It's the, the lost, the secret diary of Admiral Richard Byrd. And he went to, he was the first one to fly over the poles and went into the hollow earth. And it recounts his whole experience, you know? Oh, he was, yeah. Yeah. And then it's the, the secret diary of Richard Byrd. And then the host was like, every diary secret until it's found. Like, he made the joke. He made fun of him because he knows it's bullshit just by listening to it. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, go to iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. And uh, terrorvex.com. You can do all that there. Send us a message. Check out Josh's Instagram page. It's not just mine. It's ours. It's ours, but you're the only one doing it. Yeah, well, you know. And go to YouTube now. YouTube, uh, just... There will be nothing about Project Montauk on there. I guarantee it. Because it's stupid. On the Instagram? Yeah. Oh, you got to post some stuff to, to let, let the folks know. I won't. I'll do it then. I'm uh, embarrassed by this episode. No, that's what you say about every episode, <laughs> though. <laughs> no, right. no, no. All right, yeah, do all that. YouTube.com slash Taylor Podcast. We got all our episodes up there. <laughs> it's, it was great. It was it was no easy feat. So I guess that's Leave it. Leave a hate-filled comment. Yeah, please YouTube. do. Please do. We like those. Yeah. All right, we'll see you next time. Yes. Goodbye.